Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today are our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, and away includes Old Trafford, that's James Pearce. Also, we've got the LFC editor, Andrew Kelly, and Echo Scribe, Christian Walsh, who was also at Old Trafford. Well, Old Trafford seems the best place to start, and we'll start with you, James. There's been a bit of um and ah over whether Liverpool deserved the draw, whether United deserved to win. I mean, what was your take? Would you think a draw was a fair result in the end? Um... Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think when you look back over the 90 minutes in terms of chances. Um, but, you know, I think when you come that close to winning um, and defend as well as Liverpool have done, you know, you, you, you felt as if, you know, I think if if, either, if, it, if you were saying which team probably did more, I thought I thought Liverpool probably edged it. But you couldn't, you know, it's one of those ones that when you look back, you think maybe, maybe just about right. Um, but... You know, it was it was a it was a strange game, wasn't it? Because there wasn't an awful lot of quality, really. But it was it was I I found it enthralling to watch mm. in terms of, you know, it was. I think you couldn't argue with the, just the, the the just the intensity of it and the the tempo of the game was great and just when it got so stretched as well late on. You know, I saw some quotes from Juan Mata today saying, "Oh, if only it had been another ten minutes, United with a one." I couldn't quite see that because in fact, after United equalised, Liverpool had the best chance to. To go on and win it with Wijnaldum, which you know I think he'd be having nightmares about that. I think he, he just, a back pass, wasn't I think it? he just didn't have the strength left in his leg to just wallop it, which is which is what it required. But um, no, I think there were, there were so many positives for Liverpool on the day. You know, I think I think most fans went there with a, a bit of trepidation after the recent results and and the run that United had been on. Um, and you know, when I think back to how bullish Klopp was at Melwood on Friday, and and he was right, right to be. You know, tactically, I thought he got it absolutely spot on. He got a big reaction from a, from a lot of his big name players. And when you think that was Liverpool without four of their guaranteed starters in terms of the the lineup that they put out, um, it, it felt like a step forward rather than one back. Christian, before the game, I think many Liverpool supporters, as James just said, you know, a bit of trepidation. I think they'd have settled for a for a one-all draw at Old Trafford, but with ten minutes to go, they wouldn't. I mean, what was what was your take? Was it an opportunity missed for Liverpool, given the fact that you know, with seven eight minutes to go, they were leading? I think you've got to look at the the wider picture and the context of it, and the fact that Manchester United have come off the back of nine straight victories. Uh, they pretty much had a full strength team out. Um, maybe only Chris Smalling there who. Not we would normally feature uh, wasn't there. Whereas Liverpool had a couple of players back, either on the bench or from the start, Henderson, Coutinho. But there's still a team, as Klopp says, he likes to use the word rhythm, and they're still very much trying to find that rhythm once more after all these injuries and interruptions. So I think even though Manchester United gave that, uh, you know, gave the hammer blow to Liverpool with six minutes to go, I, I, I don't think. Liverpool fans can complain really. I, I think it's one of those games where you have to take the point. Um, it, it's frustrating, but because I don't think it certainly didn't feel like to me that Manchester United were, were destined to score the equaliser. Uh, funnily enough, we've been talking to a couple of people who were in the away end, and they said everyone in the away end thought it was coming. But you know, maybe that's. How you it, look it, at seemed, it. it seemed like Liverpool had kind of ridden the storm a little bit, hadn't they? Most definitely, and it was just balls into the box. And once Fellaini came on, it, that became even more so. When I thought Clavan and, and Lovren, although I, I didn't, I wasn't impressed overall for the ninety minutes with, with um, either of them as much as some people. When I you say some defenders. people, do you mean every other human being? Every other human being on Twitter, <laughs> certainly. 
Uh, I did think they defended those balls really well, as did Alexander Arnold and Milner. Um, all four of them, um, and, and Shan coming back, and Henderson, all of them coming back, uh, defended those balls really well. Just one of the, it's unlucky, isn't it? it, it it's one of those that the balls put in. Fellaini nods it onto the post. It could go absolutely anywhere. Forced to Valencia, and then even the goal. It, it, it's it's such fortunate. Mignolet nearly makes the save. Just Alexander Arnold, if he's just in a slightly different position, can hook it off the line. It's one of those. It's frustrating in that sense. It's you know it's disappointing in that sense. But ultimately, it's a hard aim point. And also looking forward, it was it was very much a performance that augurs well for the future because. Players are coming back, they're starting to look a bit more influential now. Coutinho was really good when he came on. Henderson didn't look like he'd missed a step. And there's also, of course, Manny to come back in, in about a month's time and whatnot. But up until, you know, apart from that, Liverpool have been in a bit of a rut lately. They haven't really played very well for a, for, a, for a fair while, I think. And I think that was one of their best performances. And I think it, that will prove the catalyst now to move forward and, and hopefully start closing that gap on Chelsea again. Andy, you were watching the game with me in the office. You were quite subdued by your standards, it must be said. However, there was a, a certain amount of pride from yourself when you were, saw the team sheet. And there was, there was Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's somebody who, you know, you've watched a lot at the under-23 level and you've been championing for some time. And, you, you know, without wishing to put too much pressure on the lad, you expect big things from him because you think he's a talent. And it, were you, you know, pleased with the way that he, not so much performed, but he dealt with the pressure of coming into a, such a big game at such short notice? Totally, yeah. I mean, the thing you've got to remember, Trent, you mentioned the under-23. It's not that long ago he was captain in the under-18s. Not that long ago. I was just looking back to a game. Tom Davis obviously had a great game for Everton yesterday. I was looking back to a, a game at Finch Farm um, back in February 2015 when they they both played. Uh, Everton won that one 5-0. And that was one of Trent's first games for the under-18s. Under and, uh, you know, so you watch these lads develop and it's fantastic to see him on the team sheet. I think everybody around the club has always had high expectations for Trent. Um, he certainly wasn't perfect yesterday, but I think for an 18-year-old going to, on, onto his first Premier League start, and he, what did he get at Middlesbrough? Two minutes at, uh, came on that, in the 90th yeah. minute at Middlesbrough. On the right wing. Yeah, so effectively his Premier League debut at Old Trafford. You know, Christian mentioned his analysis, the uh, you know the echoes of, of Rob Jones. and. Um, Thought he did great. He had a, uh, you know, as Klopp said, he had a, a couple of moments early on where Martial um, managed to sort of get past him, though, um, and he and he was grateful for the help he got from his his centre backs and some of the other players helping him out then. But um, after that, you know, he he put in a, he put in one superb cross field ball, didn't he, in the second half? Um, Look, had the poise um, to just pass it simple and and do the easy things and. You know, he'll grow into that shirt uh, uh, as he as he develops. I was so pleased he made one mistake in the second half where, where he got robbed um, by Marshall, Marshall, I think, yeah. and the ball got moved to Mkhitaryan, put a really dangerous ball in, and it summed it up for me that the person who was there stopping Marshall finish that move off was Trent back in position. So well done to him. So, um, brilliant performance, and I, I think he'll get even better. James, there was a one player who was returning was Jordan Henderson. I know we've spoken quite a lot about him in the in, in the pod over the course of this season, but it didn't take long for him to show. I think you mentioned just how much of a difference he makes when he's playing. Yeah, it was huge, wasn't it? Just to have him back. I think Liverpool's midfield had looked so one-paced at um, Southampton a few days earlier, and just that kind of injection of energy and and dynamism. You know, he. He set the tone really in that in that first half when you know Liverpool hassled and harried United, 
never allowed them to settle. Um, you know, I think the formation switch by Klopp was clever. Um, you know, you, I think you could you could see that by the fact that Carrick didn't come back out for the for the second half. The fact that you know Lalana did a bit of a job on him at the the tip of that diamond and. Yeah, and you know, I thought, yeah, you know, he, he, he's snapping into tackles, winning the ball back. He just moves the ball quicker as well. Um, just p- kept Liverpool ticking along nicely, and 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 both Chan and Wijnaldum, you know, two players who were so poor at St Mary's four days earlier. Both of them, Ch- Chan, is, Chan especially, because he, you know, he came in for a lot of sticks. I was going to say we were going to mention Chan because we do, you know, well, me. <laughs> it gives him a little bit of criticism now and again, but you know he did play well, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, he, <coughs> he's, I think sometimes people do forget he is still so young. I think because he had so, so, you know, so many, so many big things expected of him that you know he's he's younger than Kevin Stewart, which I think probably gets forgotten, forgotten sometimes. Not, so, not forgotten by Christian. Not, not forgotten, forgotten by Christian. Um, but she was fancy, that's why. <laughs> But no, I thought he, I thought he was great, Chan. He just he, he put himself about. I mean, there was still a few, a couple of times he gave the ball away. It was one of those games, games where everybody gave it away at some yeah. point, and no one had a perfect game. Yeah. But if you look at Chan, putting one great cross that for Wijnaldum's oh, wow. head, where he looked up, saw him at the back yeah. post, put it right on his head, and bar the fact that Wijnaldum was a fair distance out and wanted to give it the full on, you know, Kevin Keegan into the into the top corner, didn't he? Um, didn't quite do it, and he he was there again to set up Wijnaldum Late later on, on. and yeah. he, that that ball was just a little bit not perfect. I think if he managed to get it slightly more in front of him, it would have helped Wijnaldum. But um, um, yeah, I thought it was one of them games where everybody made some mistakes, but for the uh, Wijnaldum was so much better than he was in the previous yeah. game. Um, Chan was loads better, and uh, yeah, there was it was it was one of those really enthralling breathless games that you couldn't take your eyes off but there actually wasn't a lot of flowing football I mean United for me the biggest the most dangerous player was Valencia down the right he always seems to be against us he plays loads of United fans don't like him and um, maybe it's only because he only seems to play a good game against us but uh, I think he's uh, I thought he was the most dangerous uh, you know weapon yesterday I wonder how much of it's by design you know I was listening to Klopp talk after the game and um we kept on just sort of making little references to, you know, we're not in our best moments at the moment and we've got injuries and, and then this is how we have to play, we're not 100%. So I just wonder if he's sort of, you know, for, for want of a better phrase, dogging it at the minute. He thinks, well, we haven't got Coutinho in full flog. Uh, Jordan Anderson's only just coming back. Um, obviously, we're lacking Sadio Mane. And he's just thinking, well, in that case, is it best that we just battle? Is it a case of, you know, win our battles and, 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 and being, you know, a little less fluid a little more solid, um, and and it worked against United. You know, but for that last, you know, the late goal, they would have battled the way to, to three points at Old Trafford. I mean, I that 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 said, I think they were the better team anyway. I, I have to disagree with Mourinho when he said he uh, Man United were the better team. I, I, he said they dominated. He said he dominated. Yeah. He said they dominated the second half. And just having a look here, you know, it was very much a, it was an intelligent performance by Liverpool. They had. Three shots, all, all the shots on target from inside the box. There was three of those, nine shots in the box overall. So they, these weren't just, you know, they weren't taking wild punts from outside the area. They were, they were building up nicely. They were getting into good positions, and they should have scored more. Really, they had more touches inside United's box than United had in Liverpool's. Yeah. Which, considering United supposedly dominated, that that that, that doesn't obviously tally either. For me, I think it was just it was a proper level game. I don't think you. I mean, because. 
if you look at United's chances in the first half, they had that nice ball from um, Mkhitaryan put uh, Pogba oh, through and he should do better there. And Mkhitaryan had his own chance, uh, which Mignolet stands up well to. And uh, then obviously there was that sort of 15, 20 minutes maybe in the second half where there was a bit of sustained pressure. But in that period, we defended... So it was territorial pressure, if you know what I mean, rather than chance pressure. And there wasn't... There wasn't Mignolet didn't have to be make any particularly um, good saves in, 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 that, in that period of pressure in, in the second half. For all that, I thought he was tremendous. And uh, anyone who had any doubts at all about the fact that Mignolet should be in goal for Liverpool at, at this moment in time, I think he, he should have cast all those aside. The thing about Mignolet um, now, though, is that when the ball goes into the box, you don't think, oh, he's going to drop it, do you? Yeah. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Which was half, second half. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, though, I think he should have caught it myself. <laughs> I mean, I'd have thrown my hat on that. You'd have been still on the line. He, listen, no, we don't have to go into any debate about Simon Mignolet. He had a really good game. And I, and I think that, for me, says then that and we know Liverpool had a few chances as well, that a draw was a completely fair result. I mean, you've got to remember, if, Pog, if Pogba doesn't do something absolutely ridiculous, which um, we've seen before, mm. remember Glenn Hussein doing it back in the day for Liverpool against United, I think. Well, Patrick Clivert did it, didn't he, for Barcelona against Liverpool? Sadio Mane did it about three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Chris, yeah, Chris was spotting the uh, large forest when we were all down <laughs> the tree. But, um, the, uh, yeah, no, it is that these things happen, and, of course, we know Lovren was giving him um, problems at set pieces. We we don't want to do a, a soon-ass Cara and get uh, into a... A row about why that was happening, but essentially. But why was it happening? Well, Lovren is a, is a dangerous opponent in the box, and Mourinho had obviously thought that Pogba could handle him. But Liverpool were doing some clever movements in there to try and block him off, and um, he got free a couple of times. There was that one he got to him at the back post from Milner's cross uh, corner from the left, and he played it back in, and I think it fell to Rigi in the end. It just came straight at him, and he had to. Um, I do so. I do think, can we come back to Origi, by the way, because I feel we need to talk Origi. Can we just finish on Pogba? Yeah. I mean, I thought, Pogba, he, I thought he just panicked. He absolutely panicked. Yeah, he, 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 lost, he didn't know where the ball yeah. was. And he's, it's one of those ones, it's where it makes the daft rule about, oh, does, does handball have to be deliberate? Well, in, in the whole common sense way of it is, it, it doesn't have to be deliberate. If it's, sort of, if, if, it's almost like he, he didn't mean to handle it there, but he's, he's done something where Lovren's, in the vicinity, potentially about to head it towards goal, and it's, it's hit his hand and taken away. Therefore, that's a penalty. There was no mm. arguments. Pogba well, nobody argued. Pogba, yeah. Pogba didn't argue, and and it was um, it, it was a, it was a pen, and you know we know Milner. Uh, Look, that was a lovely graphic Sky put up showing that Milner, typical Milner, he's got two one way, two the other, one down the middle, and <laughs> that summed up James Milner for for me. He's, he obviously because every goalkeeper who gets shown a chart on the penalty taker, what way do they go? So James Miller's thinking, I'm not having that. I'm going to put mine all over the place. And um, But I think in the pressure of Old Trafford, I think we know where, which side he goes when the pressure's on. Best, well, penalty, take, yeah. just best penalty take Liverpool have had in a long time. Well, that includes Steven Gerrard. Well, De Gea knew which way he was going. He still couldn't stop it, could he? No, that's brilliant. And there was another one, uh, the game... Uh, was it the game where he scored the two pens? Both so, of them looked saveable, but bizarrely they're past the keeper before the, the, he seems to strike it, it yeah. so... Um, strikes it so cleanly that the ball's in the net 
as the keeper is going the right way and you're thinking oh, we might save that but great, great angle from the spider cam as well by the way on the penalty we didn't Very like it it was like you were the penalty taker and uh, it's like you're playing FIFA incredible. never played FIFA I'm sure to be fair there. you are nearly 60 yes anyway you were mentioning Origi yeah and I'm assuming you're not going to talk about him in a positive light after no, that I thought he was fine first half but look we spoke about a game against Plymouth um, the first uh, cup game that Totally didn't suit Divock Origi in terms of space being absolutely closed off by Plymouth who sat in front of their own box. When you go to Old Trafford, that's a game that should absolutely suit Divock Origi. United are going to be on the front foot uh, for a significant period of that game. You should be able to find space um, to, to, to use. You know He's pretty quick. He should be able to uh, make an impact. He, there was once when he got the wrong side of Rojo and uh, he got pulled back potentially could have gone down and given the referee a decision, but to his credit, stayed up uh, and tried to play on. Um, but I thought second half, one of the whole difficulties for Liverpool was that Rigi wasn't getting a hold of the ball and moving the team up the pitch. Well, it's exactly the same at Bournemouth, wasn't it? If you remember, he scored first half, yeah, did yeah. OK, but then the second half when Liverpool were under pressure, he just couldn't hold on to the ball whatsoever and then yeah. ended up fouling somebody that... Klopp, Klopp was going absolutely ballistic at him for those opening 15 minutes of the second half. Just, just kept kind of gesturing to him, saying, "You know, you've got to show for the ball more." You know, they Liverpool needed that out ball. They needed him to, to just take the pressure off. Um, I felt a bit sorry for him. I actually thought I thought he did pretty well first half, and and like stretched their defenders, caused their centre backs some problems with his his pace and his power. Um, but yeah, it was almost I think. It was Klopp didn't hang around making the change, did he? I think what was it about the hour mark? Yeah. We took him off, brought Coutinho on. Um, but you know, I still think it, it was interesting the fact that Sturridge didn't get a look in. You know, I think that that spoke volumes really for for where he is at the moment in terms of the pecking order and well, he kind of and there's, I think there's a you know a trust sorry. issue with that that those type of games, isn't it? You know, because Klopp spoke recently about you know never in doubt about his quality, but clearly has got doubts about the other things that he needs from a centre-forward because you know the fact that Origi hasn't been in great form but started ahead of him, then when he looked to change it, again, Sturridge ignored again and he went with Coutinho. I think, funnily enough, it was Old Trafford last season when these trust issues might have started. If you remember, Sturridge started in that second leg of the Europa League. He was terrible he was that was Absolutely yeah. terrible. Origi came on and, funnily enough, stretched the, the United defence. All right, it was a nice position for him because it was 1-1. United needed three goals and they were pushing forward so there was loads of space. But Origi came on, I think he stung the Hayes palms later on and he, he just looked at an absolutely uh, much better option than, than Sturridge on, on that night. And from there on in, he, he started both uh, both legs of the Dortmund game in the next yeah. round. Um, so, funnily enough, I was thinking about that United game because there was a chance that felt at Origi a little bit uh, yesterday when first half he sort of not put through but he's one on one with the defender and you just think but one that got deflected over and it looked it could it was no him. no 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 it was a little bit early he sort of he just got shepherded out I think he was one on one against Jones and you're thinking Origi in his full flow sort of towards the back end of last season before he got his injury would maybe drop the shoulder go past Jones and then at the very least test the hair there he sort of trumps, stumbled over the ball a little bit, sort of tripped over his own feet, and the chance had gone. You know, yeah. he had to turn. And there was one he, he had where he, he did cut in off the left, hit it with his right foot, which yeah, we've seen right. a couple of times before. And it did look like it was heading towards the top mm-hmm. corner, and Jones gets a knee on it and goes away for a corner. Mm-hmm. So I mean, on such narrow margins, or sort of you know, but 
a stunning performance or a sort of a blue par one. I think James hit the nail absolutely on the head with Sturridge. Trust is the word for uh, Klopp with him. And um, he clearly didn't felt that it was a situation where he needed everyone absolutely 100%. And he didn't feel he could bring Daniel Sturridge off and get the work rate, I think, is, is probably what he, he was concerned about. Could he Was he going to work across and, and, and back often enough to give him... Uh, he just wasn't prepared to take the chance. Where I think Klopp will use Sturridge is where... You know, in in other games where it's a, where his class and quality will tell, and it's less about those uh, you know those other bits of the game, and um, you know whether the key question is whether Klopp and Sturridge are happy enough with that arrangement uh, going forward. I don't that, think you can be, can you? Because if you if you aspire to be Sturridge, you know, Sturridge gave an interview to Sky didn't he last week where he said, I, "I'm the best striker at this club." You know, that, that's my opinion. I believe that, and I think. If he think if you, if you if you're in that top bracket of strikers, you don't get left out of big games, do you? I think I think that's why the the speculation over his future will just rumble on, won't it? Because yeah. though I would have I would have said that he would have been um, more likely. I'm trying to remember back now to the uh, to the Anfield game, but I think in those big games he's more likely to play him at Anfield, yeah. where Liverpool will be on the front foot and maybe have to do less work. But do, but do you know what I mean? To like City wouldn't leave Aguero out. No. Or, you know, if you're if you're the main man or whatever, which obviously you know he's no longer enjoys that kind of status. But when when you when you think you're at that kind of level, it's um, you know, I, I imagine it must be quite tough for him to take being left out. He, and and even more so the fact that I don't think any Liverpool fan would have been particularly surprised. I mean that game scenario yesterday sort of seen made for storage. You know, United are pushing high up. There's a number of times where Liverpool are counter-attacking, and you just think the movements and, and, and pace. Although you know maybe he's lost half a yard of it since his injuries, but still he's, he's probably the quickest striker Liverpool have alongside the league. You just thinking this is made for him, but yet there's that nagging feeling in the back of your mind which sort of says no, this is, this isn't the right time for him. This isn't this isn't the game for him. And, and well, they'll say it all probably, and that you know we're, that Sturridge could end up potentially in the starting lineup. Away at Plymouth, I think he will. Yeah. On, yeah. on we'll, Wednesday, we'll, we'll, we'll and not against we'll Manchester United in a minute. Just, just without being Mr. Misery, uh, as I normally am. That's four games that Liverpool have now played in 2017. They haven't won any, and I think it's the first time since this is just off the top of my head. I think it's the early 90s that they played four games at the start of a calendar year and not won any of them. Are you and Julie worried by this, James? No, I was worried before the weekend, but not, but not, not having seen that those 90 minutes at Old Trafford. No, I think. You know, it, it it felt to me like kind of the end of the wobble rather than the, the continuation of it, just because it, it was just such a different performance compared to to what we what we were forced to endure down at St Mary's. Um, you know, it was a it was a huge improvement, and you know, so so nearly brought what would have been a, a huge win. But um, but now, when you think, you know, that was Liverpool without Klein, without Matip, you know, with, without Coutinho from the starting line, without Mane. Um, you know, I think this period at the moment is just all about hanging in there and, and making sure that that come what, probably middle of February that they're they're still you know inside that top four and within within sight of the summit. Now you mentioned Matip, and you've written a story today about his current situation and why he's not playing or he wasn't uh, selected by Liverpool. Uh, can you keep us? You know, bring us up to date as to what exactly is going on because it makes my to, head hurt just thinking to, about to it. To be honest, it, it seems like. He's retired, announced his retirement from international duty with Cameroon. 
and he did this, what was it, two years ago, maybe 18 months ago? Yeah, so, yeah September some, 2015. Yeah, so, so nearly 18 months ago. Yep. Yep. And they played all the qualifiers for the African Cup of Nations. Without him. And, and there's not been any bother whatsoever. No. Then he gets called up to the preliminary squad. Yeah. And he quite rightly points out, um, excuse me, but I have been retired. Did yeah. you not notice when I wasn't playing in any of the qualifiers? And then, reading between the lines, it looks as though Cameroon, well, they've not selected him, obviously, because he's, he's not wanted to go, because he thinks he's retired, that they've, uh, they've then gone off to FIFA and said, excuse me, but we'd rather he wasn't playing for yeah. Liverpool. Yeah, well, but, but yeah, that's... I mean, the Cameroon Football Federation were stung by the fact, I think it was seven players in total, that they wanted to call up for, for the African Cup of Nations, said thanks, but no thanks. Obviously, Matic was one of them. Um, and... You know, it's it's just a bizarre situation because all the way along Liverpool, whenever I think I think there was there was a statement came out from the Cameroon Federation last month saying warning that there could be consequences for those who had said no. Um, Liverpool at the time were very relaxed about it because they were like, well, Matip hasn't played has he for since you know, nearly eighteen months for his country. He's always made it clear he had no intention of being part of the squad for the tournament. So so where's the issue? Um, in recent weeks, as Matip obviously has been on the comeback trail in terms of that ankle injury, Liverpool seeking to get clarity from FIFA over, you know, can we just double check that he is definitely available to play for Liverpool during the tournament? Um, and FIFA haven't been able to give them those reassurances. So they felt as if they couldn't play him at Old Trafford on Sunday um, because of that. Um, because Cameroon, basically, it's a bizarre situation, but Cameroon have to provide Liverpool basically to say, yeah, we're fine with with Matic playing for Liverpool during the African Cup of Nations. Cameroon, obviously, very peeved that Matic said no to them, have said absolutely no chance. We want FIFA to, to block him from playing for Liverpool for, during this period, which, and if they get their way, it means that Matic won't be able to play for Liverpool till February the 10th, which will mean him missing another six games. Of course, Liverpool are still on FIFA's case. The owners have even got involved trying to trying to say to them that you need to make a decision on this um whilst fifa just helpfully have pretty much just sent liverpool a copy of the regulations and then have said well no the rules state that you need cameroon to agree to it which obviously liverpool's response is well no you're you're missing the point because how how can you resolve a situation an argument when they're saying that matip has let them down by not going liverpool are saying he was never ever should have been even named in that provisional squad so it just seems absolutely crazy that Liverpool find themselves in this position. Christine, we were talking earlier in the office about this situation. We were saying it only tends to happen with African Cup of Nations, but part of the reason for that is because that's the only real, I think the Asia Cup's the other one, that's actually played during the course of the normal Premier League season. So that if there's any issues with this, with any other kind of nationalities, it doesn't tend to be a problem. But do you feel, another point, that Liverpool are perhaps minded or... or by what happened with Mamadou Sacco last season, that they don't want to in any way upset the authority because they don't want to go down that road again? I don't know if it's to do with the Sacco thing. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite ironic now, isn't it? I don't know if it's irony. I have to ask a lot of what I said about this. But <laughs> don't, because several of the things in her track were not irony. But Liverpool have now been robbed of two of their, at the time, first choice central defenders through you know, regulations from governing bodies of, of football, which is remarkable, really. I don't think it's the Sacco issue. I, I think it's just more, if, if he does if he does play, what the ramifications of this one might be. I don't think the Sacco thing comes into account. I think they're just worried about 
what happens if they do play them and then FIFA rule against them. I think they, they just can't take the chance um, to to potentially. I mean, what 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 we were talking about points deductions or fines Possibly, or yeah. all that sort of thing. Could you imagine if Liverpool are in the title race and all of a sudden because they play Joel Matip against Swansea or Manchester United that they get six points docked off them or whatever? Who knows? Because that's how FIFA works. Sometimes this is the same FIFA whose press office, by all accounts, was closed yesterday because it was the weekend. Um, <laughs> so no one could actually, by the sounds of it, get in touch with them. Um, so I don't think it's the Sackle thing. It's just it's frustrating, really. It's, it's just I'd love to know what what Klopp's thinking about it, really, because. I think we know what he's thinking. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we can we, and we can't say it on a family pod, but it's just a, it's another remark. I just I, I think Cameroon have got zero chill about all of this. <laughs> haven't they? Like, <laughs> to be fair, I was going to mention this. Cameroon do have a bit of previous form. Well, they don't. They don't for, not no they sleeves. Don't pay, they, don't, they don't pay. Sometimes well, they're, they're always they, having they, arguments they, about pay. They turned up to the World Cup with no sleeves. If you remember, that was, was the Indomitable Lions, um, which is a terrible nickname. I just, I just feel like I quite like yeah, the Indomitable I like, Lions. I like the kids as well. To be fair, <laughs> I'd like them to live up to it a little yeah. bit more. If, but, uh, I like them to be the rollover and get your belly tickled lions because I, I really don't know why. You've, you've never met a lion, have you? No, no. I, don't, I hope they get knocked out. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, like I am, I am, I am Forza Guinea Bissau because it's just Guinea Bissau, isn't it? That's what I said. That's all <laughs> <laughs> Who's the new manager of Swansea? Paul Clement. <laughs> I just, I, but come on, Cameroon, play ball a little bit. Like he's not going to play for you. And, and the other thing is, any bridge that was potentially ever going to be built when this boss goes or whatnot, you know, if he ever fancied, you know, the World Cup goes to Russia for whatever reason, John must thinks, oh, I fancy playing them. I think it's, it's not about building bridges or anything with Matip. It's, it's a message to players who come after him, isn't it? Yeah, That's what we're saying. You, if you if you don't come for us. Um, we're going to make it as difficult as possible for well, you. I wouldn't want to play for them. Um, no, I couldn't. But, but uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> but if you're a young, <laughs> if you're a young Cameroonian, yeah, I think uh, he just announced his retirement yeah, no, yeah. in a squad and don't really fancy going. Uh, I'd rather stay with my club. We're in a title race or yeah. whatever. Then you're going to think twice about not going now because um, there seems to be that they're going to take it the the full way to make it as difficult as possible for you and what we need is uh, what we hardly ever get from FIFA which is someone to stand up with some clarity and say um, the players retired from national football um, he doesn't want to play and to be honest if there is a regulation that says you can be forced it's it's completely against various forms of international law yeah. on employment I would have thought not being an expert on international I mean, law on employment we know where the rules are there don't we because you, you do you have situations previously where players, players just have, don't want to go like, yeah, yeah players have pulled out of England squads or whatever yeah. and then like there's obviously been the laying of hands and miraculously they're recovered <laughs> and the injury's gone and they play in the Premier League on the following weekend so that's that, that's what it's you know it's for to, Manchester United normally yeah yeah, yeah. so that's why it's there for but that this is a completely and utterly different situation, which why someone at FIFA can't just look at it and go, no, Cameroon, you're being ridiculous. And it gets thrown out and give, and say, no, Liverpool, you're absolutely fine. It's not an issue. God knows. I but... mean, let's just say, let's just say, worst case scenario against Swansea, let's say Clavan or Lovren go, out, go down injured or get sent off and they're out for three games. I mean, what then? You're relying on uh, rehabilitating well, Joe and, Gomez at the, at the back. And you can't play now because you've ruled yourself out. <laughs> well, I can still yeah. play for Liverpool. Mm. Mm. But, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, especially Lovren, isn't it? You know, Lovren is now, 
you know, the the leader of that defence. And if, if anything were to happen to him at this stage, we'd be in trouble. And he's, he's somebody else who ruled himself out of consideration for Croatia earlier this year. Well, that was completely different. That, that was a completely different separate thing, situation. But, yeah. but that, um, you, you just wonder what will yeah, happen now in terms exactly. of Liverpool, whether whether they might... I am Obviously, they'll be taking legal guidance and all the rest of it. And you wonder whether... It, it seems like they've got such a strong case that the, whether they might actually decide, you know, having erred on the side of caution last weekend, that... You know, are they really prepared to let this drag on for another three weeks, whether they do just play in? I think there's a bit of gap now in the sense that he'd never be playing at Plymouth, would he, which we'll come on although to in a could, second. Although he could probably do with the game time, that's the... Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. what you mean, you wouldn't have him down as... No. Um, and then you've got Swansea at home, you know, yes, they've got a new manager, but... They're terrible. The, they seem to be a side that's really struggling, and to be honest, if Liverpool can't beat Swansea at home on Saturday... They don't deserve to be in any sort of title race. Well, before before Swansea, just really it, quickly, just what's the over under on minutes Mamadou Sakho spent by his phone in the past twenty four hours? <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that ship sailed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, James. Uh, final thing then, Plymouth on Wednesday. Um, James, me and you are going. Uh, looking at your club's team selection, are you expecting him to basically more or less make eleven changes from the team that? Was fielded at Old Trafford, or do you feel as though there might be needs must and one or two might stay in? Uh, one or two will still stay in. to win, isn't but it? Yeah, yeah. but I, no, I, I think it will be a very similar team to what the one he put out in the first game. Um, you know, I, I just I just think also Sunday would have taken that much out of players, and then with you know, especially you know, it's a Saturday lunchtime Premier League kickoff, isn't it? Following on, so yeah, I, I think I think he'll put his faith in in a very young team once, once again. You know, I think. He's probably got a bit of a dilemma, you know, whether someone like does Trent play on the basis that well, if he's, you know, if he's, he's ever going to play a couple of games, it's when he's a teenager. He's got all that energy, isn't he? Yeah, so he could do that, but then yeah. you're, it's, you're, it's looking forward to Swansea. Isn't yeah, it? I, might, so, yeah. I think I think the hope is that Klein, I think Klein was relatively minor, you know, abdominal mm. muscle injury. Um, so you think Klein's obviously not going to play in midweek, touch and go for the weekend. You know, does Trent play? I think obviously probably Carrius will come back in goal. Obviously Gomez will. Be another important ninety minutes for him, you know. Ojo, Kevin Stewart, Ben Woodburn, all of those I think will will play, and they'll, you know, I think you know it's a huge game for those young players as well, because for a lot of them, you know, if, if Liverpool don't get through, then that you know their their opportunities are going to be very very limited for the rest of the season. And if they if they do get through, you'd think they'll have another chance to impress in the fourth round against Wolves. Christian, at the risk of you going all Joe Brimber on me, uh, is the FA Cup still important to Liverpool at this stage of the season or how, how, what's the priority? How, how the lowest, is it? Because there's obviously halfway through a League Cup semi-final. It's the lowest priority at the moment. Um, but I think it can afford to be just because, and this is with no disrespect, we obviously saw what happened against Plymouth, but if they beat Plymouth then and against Wolves now, they were all right. Wolves under Paul Lambeth and not a bad team. I imagine they'll sign a few players because they've got owners with a bit of cash behind them. Um, I think it's that George Mendes is sort of funneling funds into Molyneux at the moment, so they've got a lot of those sorts of players. But there's a real chance there to get to the last 16 without really overexerting yourself, isn't it? A real chance that you can play. It's not like they've got West Ham in the next round, like last season, where they go through and and you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, you know, that's it's pretty much another Premier League game. You've got Wolves at home, and you know you play the kids again. If they go out, so be it. If not, you get to 
when will the fifth round be? Mid 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 February. February At yeah. that point, the fixture list might be looking a little bit kinder. Manny and Matip. Manny and Matip will hopefully be back, and and you might just get another nice draw in the in the fifth round. You know, Sutton United's away or something <laughs> like that. I don't know who's left. But you've got to. I mean, the thing with Plymouth is it, it probably will be quite difficult down there. You know, they're, they're a side that's used to winning in their their league. No doubt that. Uh, you know they've got a good home record, um, but the home draw for Liverpool, that nil nil with Plymouth only becomes an absolute um, sort of disaster for Liverpool in terms of the fixture list if if we react to it. And I don't see Jurgen Klopp's going to do any reaction to it. He's going to say to the kids, "You're good enough to beat this side. You dominated the game at Anfield. Um, go and try and." Uh, albeit that probably you know, for instance, the likes of Lucas might might be missing on Wednesday. We're waiting. Uh, to hear on that so um, but you have to say because look if you want another game in this competition it's there for you as Christian says against Wolves at Anfield go out there and act like you want to uh, perform in front at Anfield again well you mentioned Daniel Sturridge just before do you think he'll play against Plymouth not from the start I think he will I think he will I think he will as well what do you expect then from the game? Do you think Liverpool will just have too much, or are you expecting? No, I don't, don't think say you, extra time of penalties no, for the sake of me and James. I don't. I don't think you can. Uh, <laughs> I, by the way, as the, as that clock was ticking down at Anfield, <laughs> all I could think was James's face <laughs> as he, he realised a midweek trip to Devon was to, looming. To be fair, so was I, and then it emerged that I you was actually doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, I don't think you can say with any real confidence, oh, it's all right, Liverpool just knocked them aside in the replay because Plymouth were, it wasn't like Liverpool absolutely battered Plymouth at Anfield. It wasn't an even game by any stretch. Liverpool obviously had the majority of the possession of the territory, but the goalkeeper was very rarely tested. Yeah. And they had some, that I did notice in their, their lineup had some big players. Yeah. If they get some set pieces on Wednesday. Well, yeah, you won't be starting the, Adam the game. Down, the you? game will be different for them, though, because they're not. That their fans aren't going to accept them bringing them back to Anfield and then just put everybody behind the ball again. Mm. They'll want them to give it a go, especially when they'll probably see the team sheet and there's quite a lot of Liverpool youngsters again. Yeah. And they'll think, "Wow, and we drew with them." At that, that could well, be the best policy yeah, for them. Exactly, you know, yeah. they, 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 it's, it'll be a makeshift Liverpool back line. Uh, we pretty much know that. Um, you know, you, you could be looking at Joe Gomez at centre half. Um, who's going to play left back? Moreno will be left back. Finding a, another centre half to go in alongside Joe Gomez isn't easy. Mamadou um, Saka looks at his phone yeah, again. Yeah. Uh, Especially as Christian's really himself. Tiago Lori obviously just left, just the, left, left yeah. the club as well. So yeah. finding another centre half isn't easy. Uh, and then you've got to find potentially another right back if if there's still concerns for Klein for Saturday. Conor Randall. Then you know you wouldn't risk Trent on Wednesday. So then you'd be looking Conor Randall who played a couple of times last year. And then you'd you know the other right back playing at the under twenty threes at the moment is Corey Whelan. So it'll be interesting if Corey Whelan plays um, at Anfield tonight against uh, Manchester United because somewhere he could be floating into the mix here. Right, I think that should do us. Join us later this week where we'll look back at the game against Plymouth and look ahead to the game against Swansea. Cheerio. <laughs>